right, welcome to the Symphony Podcast. Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's, uh, what day is it today? Friday? Yeah, but we don't tell people We don't tell people that. (laughs) This goes out on Monday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one's going out on Monday, and for the last couple months, we've been running it a little bit thinner. Rather than bulking and batching, we've been kind of like, oh, we need an episode for Monday. Let's record it on Friday night, Um, which has been, you know, fun, but um, definitely a little bit stressful just to, like, try and always be coming up with something, but... Things have been piling up recently, it seems like. Life has yeah. been busy for people, including myself and you, too. I mean, there's just so much going on. And summertime, people like like to, you know, get out, do things. I feel like every weekend in July and August for me is, like, booked with a wedding or some get-together or a little trip or friends in town or family in town. But here we are. We're doing it. And this is going out on Monday. And we're talking about rich rituals, which can honestly help with with super busy schedules and like feeling stressed out. So that's kind of a good, a good entry point for this. hundred percent and agree that, you know, there's seasons of life seasons of the year and there's certain times when you want to, you know, take the foot off the gas on one thing and enjoy life, enjoy some time with the family. I've been spending a lot of family time and, you know, taking, yeah, definitely taking my weekends to get out and explore. So yeah, I appreciate that. And I think kind of just to frame this conversation early on, um, I did a quick Google search before we got recording the difference between what a ritual and a habit is. And basically what it comes down to is that a habit is something you do for the purpose of the action itself. Whereas a ritual is something you do for something outside of that specific action. So the first example that it's kind of obvious, but I have it here is like visualization. You don't visualize just to visualize. You visualize so that you can go into your day, uh, maybe be more prepared for a presentation or maybe be a little bit more present for a conversation that's going to be difficult or something like that. So that's kind of to understand. We're not talking about habits. We talk a ton about about habits, but today we're focusing specifically on rituals and uh, a few that have helped us uh, in the past. So what's, uh, what's what's your first ritual, Matthew? Ooh first ritual well first i gotta go over what i wrote down before we started recording because that's kind of how it framed it in in my mind too because i was i was actually interested about the difference between a habit and a ritual too but then i feel like it hits the nail on the head for one of our favorite topics which is mindset because to me it's like the ritual is what gives you or what puts you in the mindset to accomplish your actions at the highest level um and so the first thing that i thought of was kind of like sports players who have their little superstitions where they're doing their little handshakes before the game, or they're given, they're doing whatever they want to do just to get themselves in the zone to play the game at like the highest level that they possibly can. So that's kind of where my mind goes to when I think about rituals, it's like, what are the little things that you do on a day-to-day basis or just like any time to kind of get yourself in the right mindset, in the right mood and kind of like recenter yourself. Um, so I think that's, that's a cool way to think about rituals. And then, I mean, it's easy. Like you can just start developing them based off of something that feels good for you. Like if you're about to walk into a, a this is actually funny. I should share a ritual that one of a good friend of mine who, who's now a pilot in the Navy, I went to college with him, but, uh, and he was kind of a mentor to me. He was two years older um, and we were just good buddies. But he told me that before every job interview he used to go into, he would sit in his car and just scream at the top of his lungs for just like three or four seconds, just let it all out. Just knowing that that would get rid of the shakiness that would be in his voice. 
because sometimes when you walk into an interview, wow. your voice is like a little shaky. You're not used to like talking. And so like the, you, your voice might crack or like you'll, you'll stutter or, or something like that. And, so, and he was like, oh, dude, without fault. Like, this is what I do. It works every single time. I feel, <laughs> I feel way better. I can project my voice more clearly. So I actually tried that one time before going into like a, an interview back in college. And it, it felt pretty good. So I think if anyone wants to try that, that's definitely a ritual that, <laughs> that kind of works. But um, for me personally, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good one. Shout out to to Jackson Walters for that one. Wherever he is in the world right now, dude. Uh, side note, side note, isn't it crazy that like some people graduate college and go to like fly planes in the Navy? Meanwhile, I'm over here like editing videos for social media. Right. Everyone just, just goes like, in completely different. It's kind of it's just a, yeah. It's really cool though because then you see all your friends go off and do all types of different different things. Um, but for me, let's we have think such about, a lag here on this audio. Is there? I know. I feel like I keep cutting you off and, and vice versa. But it's all we're, good. It's we're all good. good. We're getting there. Um, I was going to say for me, I think a ritual that I've tried to do, I've fallen off my meditation game, even though that's kind of more like a habit, I feel like, because you're doing the action for the action. Um, but let's see. I feel like a ritual. Oh, a good ritual for me is like I like to say this little mantra in my head kind of before I start my days and I used to do it at the end of my meditations but now I just kind of do it in the morning in my head as I'm as I'm waking up and because it used to be at the end of my meditation I'd bring my hands up to my forehead and I would say affirmative empowering positive thoughts from the mind and then I would move down to my mouth and say uh, thoughtful helpful kind and true words from my mouth and then down to my heart and say intentional passionate and loving action from my heart today and every day and just kind of say that and get myself in that mindset because then I'm living from that space instead of just, you know, waking up, looking at the phone and, and getting on other people's time immediately just by what you're exposing your your eyes to. Uh, so that kind of like puts me in the right mindset for the day. It allows me to act from the place that I kind of told myself I was going to at the very beginning of the day. And I mean, with with those words for me, make me act in a way that I like uh, that I like to show up in the world. And so that's kind of a, that's like my main ritual that I would say has stayed a day-to-day practice for the, for the longest time um, at this point. There's others, but that's kind of the main one right now. Why'd you stop meditating? <laughs> oh man, dude, I don't even have a good excuse. I really don't even have a good excuse. I just I thought you were going to be like, yeah, you have a scientific reason. Oh no, good. not at all. Honestly, it was because I was, and this is probably the main problem is I had a, a like an app that was a tracker for it. And I had this awesome streak going on. It was like 120 days. And then somehow I let it slip. And then the motivation like just fell off after that. I was like, well, the streak's gone. So what, oh. <laughs> what's the point? But that is literally so against what like meditating is even all about. So that's a, like I said, a terrible excuse. But so now <laughs> whenever I do it, I don't even use the app because I'm like, I don't need any external motivators here. I need to do this for like, for me. So I'm going to get back. This is a good reminder for me to get back on the, on the horse. Well, also a good reminder that it's okay to get off the horse. You know, it's like, yeah. you shouldn't beat yourself up over it. It's definitely, you should not stress out about it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's part of the whole learning of what you're going to learn through meditations. You don't want to you know, dwell on those negative thoughts too much. So all, all power to you, man. You're still uh, as inspirational to me as always without meditation <laughs> in the morning. So uh, something kind of related that I don't know if it's a ritual, but it's something critical that I've been honing, harnessing, trying to cultivate, which is just giving myself 
silence in during the middle of the day. I think I've talked about it, but if I don't give myself some period of time throughout the day, maybe it's 30 minutes for a bike ride, or maybe even I do go on a bike ride, but I'm playing music the whole time. Like if you play music while you're doing something, it's going to block out. It's going to dampen, like, at least for me, it will, it's going to dampen my brain's ability to think for itself. Instead, I'm literally just like drowning out my own thoughts with this entertainment, which is nice. And I do like to listen to music and for sure, even more, I like to listen to podcasts. Um, so I just think this is an opportunity to point out where certain habits, they start off as healthy, like listening to podcasts or audiobooks or being super productive. Like you can be as productive as you want. You can work 10, 12 hours a day, but if you're not giving yourself that silent time, you might go to sleep at night being like, whoa, did I just like give all my time and energy to like someone outside of myself? And now I have this like existential angst that's built up because I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. So silence during the day, especially when uh, working out has just given me all a bunch more creative ideas um, and relieved some of that like existential, you know, what am I doing here? Question. Totally. So. Oh my God. Yeah. I think silence is, is, I think we posted about this on the Instagram the other day too. Like silence is the time for integration. And it's like, and I think that the post was like music for dreaming, uh, podcasts for learning and silence for integration. And I think that's, that was kind of like my perspective on how I like to intake media, at least in terms of like what I'm listening to. And, but I think those, those moments of silence are so important and you, you kind of learn a lot about yourself in those moments because you only have your internal dialogue going on. Um, and so I think that's cool that you're, that you're adding that in as a daily ritual. I think a, a lot of people would benefit, benefit from just like trying that. Tori and I actually even talked about doing, um, like silent mornings sometimes, like maybe once or twice a week, like just interact in the morning, but never verbally. So like, just see what it's like to be silent for the first three to four hours of the day just to just to see how it My goes girlfriend would love it <laughs> she's like <laughs> that's so funny i don't want to hear from you in the morning right yeah, yeah. um but we we're just talking today actually about how like oh sorry go ahead oh no keep going keep going oh i was just saying like t- um we were actually having this conversation about how like because i like to wake up earlier than her um it's too distracting. Like if I'm getting ready for work, packing my bag and stuff like that, like it, it takes away her ability to think for herself. So she actually stays in bed until I leave the apartment. And then as soon as I leave, she hops up out of bed and she has the space peaceful to herself. So yeah, just a funny related thing. I like it. Also, I think we, we've talked about this before, but I've realized <laughs> I think having rituals about the way that you eat is also hugely important. And this happened to me literally yesterday um, I cooked dinner and I was so hungry and I was just shoveling the food in my mouth, dude. Like I literally had the next bite in my mouth before I had even like finished swallowing the bite from before. And I was like, I'm not even tasting the food at this point. Like I'm literally just inhaling it as fast as I can because I'm like hungry. And that's what like my knee jerk reaction body is like telling me to do is just like shovel the food. But then I realized like when I just took longer to chew the food and like thought about the different tastes the different textures the different flavors and then like fully swallowed that bite had a sip of water then did it again like there was such a more enjoyable experience like eating experience then and like also i realized when i was eating faster like that it makes you eat so fast that you you never feel yourself get satisfied if that makes sense so you only like are doing that action of like shoveling 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 so you just don't even feel full because you're like 
not even giving your body the time to digest it and, and give the signals to your brain that you actually are full, you've gotten enough food and like, it's time to do something else. So as, as, so I felt more full when I ate slower, if that makes sense, because I feel like I just enjoyed the whole process more and it made me not overeat. It made me not, uh, rush the process and it made me enjoy the meal more. So it was like, that was a cool ritual to kind of think about. And I know you've brought this up before is like just taking a second before you eat, being grateful for the food, but then also kind of integrating that throughout the whole eating experience of just like being present and being aware for the whole time and just enjoying it throughout. It also helps make healthier decisions. This just came into my mind, but if you're actively conscious, like, okay, here's the, the thing I'm about to put into my body you at least have to like make the conscious decision that you're going to put in some garbage, which often I do. But if you're not conscious and you're just like hungry and tired or stressed, and then you just like start eating and you realize like, shit, I just ate like half a freaking sheet of brownies and now I feel horrible. And I mean, it's probably not an issue for you, Mr. Healthy, but uh, for oh, the rest dude. of us normal folks out here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I go in on a, on a sleeve of Oreos every once in a while, Oh yeah, which are vegan by the way. So Big news. Big news yeah. for the vegans. <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah. Fruit Loops. Yeah, there you go. Probably stay away from those <laughs> and or and Oreos, but you know, every once in a while. Um, but I, I also just think uh, an important thing that rituals kind of bring into your life is just a level of intentionality. And I think no, like no matter what you're doing, if you bring more presence, more awareness, more intention to any action that you're doing, like you're going to get more out of it than if you're just passively doing things. And I think that's a good lesson just for life in general is just like, be there, be present, be intentional about what you're doing. Like, don't just passively make coffee in the morning because you're on, on your way out the door. Like just enjoy the experience. Enjoy the fact that you're like creating something for yourself. That's going to give you a little bit of energy and, and get you ready for the work day. And then like, same with interactions with people too. Like, even if you are, on your way somewhere else, like look them in the eye and be like, Hey, what's up, dude? Like, and then like, you can still be kind, even if you're in a rush and you can still be present, even if you have other things to do. Um, and so I think having little rituals that kind of recenter your mindset throughout the day is like an awesome way to just keep yourself constantly reminded to, um, just keep being present and showing up, uh, how you told yourself you would. Fantastic. I had a high school, teacher he had us write like a no some type of poem and i wrote about how the marijuana session smoking a bowl was uh at least at that time in my life like really one of the only rituals that i participated in and you know you're growing up in a hyperactive highly uh you know high expectations for you as a kid so for me being able to smoke and talk with my friends and just hang out, sit outside any time of year, you know, we just put a jacket on, sit outside in the Pacific Northwest. And yep. um, yeah, that ritual allowed me definitely to uh, make it through high school. I'll say, you know, <laughs> fuck man. I, I was trapped in that, in that school system for so long. And um, I know a lot of people kind of like feel that wherever they're at. So not that you should use something like a ritual or a substance to like dampen your uh, issue or to like, you know, escape and use it as a painkiller, but rather to like use it introspectively. I remember when I first discovered that, first of all, marijuana impacts me much differently than most people, because when I use cannabis, uh, 
I want to be productive. I want, I have energy. I want to go move. I want to talk. I want to run. Um, and I definitely don't want to have work that is on the back burner. So my first, uh, first time really learning that if I smoked, I would get a little bit paranoid about not getting my homework done. And then I would just crank out all my essays while I was stoned. And, uh, yeah, I think weed is still something that I use ritualistically, um, to this day, man, especially before working out. Um, that's my, maybe, yeah, yeah, that's a huge ritual for me. I know we've talked about that on this podcast as well, but so that was like a discovery of mine a few years ago where I had that same thing where I was like, and I'm kind of the same way where cannabis affects me a lot differently than a lot of people. Um, but I also think you got to be aware of what strains are smoking and, and all that stuff. You can listen to that in a different episode, Don't but, um, yeah, seriously. But, um, so I discovered like a few years ago that when I smoke before I work out, like I feel way more in my body. I feel like I'm able to isolate certain areas better and kind of like, dist- like, um, find my center of balance easier, move more efficiently, be a little bit more mobile. And then it also made me enjoy the whole process of like listening to music when I was working out and kind of like dropping into the rhythm of the song with my movements and just it, it, everything just became heightened and I felt like my abilities increased. And so that just became, so then let's like the smoking piece before the workout is the ritual that kind of like puts that lets you drop into your body to perform the action of exercising every single day. And so, and that's kind of how it's been for me. It's like when that ritual of like rolling the joint, like drinking a little pre-workout, smoking the joint, and then like getting your music ready and then going into the gym or wherever you work out, or even just running outside or taking a bike ride or whatever you're doing. Um, and just being there, like being present, being, uh, totally dropped in for what you're doing. Um, and just kind of allowing that ritual of the cannabis beforehand to heighten the experience of the action that you're doing. Um, so I don't know. That's that, I love that ritual, and I know you do too. But there's a lot of people that do that, and they're like, "Whoa! Like this is not for me. I'm way too paranoid in this gym. There's like way too much going on. I can't focus. Blah blah blah." But I also think it's one of those things that the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it, and then the more you're able to like focus on the benefits rather than the you know the random other stuff that you that you honestly stop paying attention to at a certain point, once you become a little bit more comfortable with it. And this is a great example of how, if you haven't, if you're not doing the ritual or if you're looking at someone else who does something ritualistically, I guess, at least for me growing up, I always thought about rituals as like a bunch of natives, like around a fire, like banging on drums and like doing ayahuasca, you know, like that's, that's like a very stereotyped, uh, kind of like idea of what a ritual is but like you said like when you do start to realize that it's it's not like I don't exactly know how to like phrase this but there's this common ideology at least like how I was brought up that like rituals are primitive almost I don't know if that's the right word like rituals are unnecessary like I could be totally listening to you talk about smoking a joint before a workout and I could be like a scientist, PhD of whatever, and be like, well, that is not scientifically proven to have any benefits. And so he's just doing a ritual and the only benefit is in his mind. Right. But now I actually have the experience of doing the ritual that you're talking about. And so I'm like resonating with you a ton. I'm like, well, what he's saying makes a ton of sense. So well, I think it's just an opportunity to like realize that we should not judge other people's rituals totally. or ourselves. So And to the statement of like the benefit is only in his mind, like that's as legitimate as anything else. <laughs> 
because the mind is ultimately what like creates the reality. And so it's like, if that's your vehicle, then, and it's making you show up in a way that you like, and that's like better for you and other people in the world, then like, that's awesome. And then like, if the benefits only in your mind, like who cares, like more power to you, like keep doing, (laughs) keep doing your thing instead of being like, Oh, that's not scientifically proven or that's not like, you know, so it's, and, and that's why I think ultimately this is about, um, intention. And it's just whatever is going to make you be more intentional in your life, I think is a positive thing. And if that, and if that's a weird, if it's a ritual that other people think is insane, then whatever. Last one I got on my list before we wrap it up is family board games and just friend, Mm. like just playing games with friends. Um, I think it's an opportunity to do something for the sake of being together. That's not necessarily a a habit, but yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a reason to, to kind of drop in with each other and become closer, just have a conversation. That's kind of like, just drop in. Yeah. (laughs) Drop in dude. That's like, um, I, I, we should talk about Jesse Duke's cacao ceremonies as well too, because she has, Obviously, she's been on the show and talked a lot about her experience with um, plant medicine, like mostly cacao and how she works with that and the spirit that's within cacao and how you kind of connect with it. And, and it starts to work within you from the minute that you say yes to it. And then she prepares the cow, takes you through this whole ceremony where she thanks the different elements. She brings awareness to the current moment, the people that are sitting in the circle, the environment, the land, all of it. And then ultimately at the end, it, we all enjoy a delicious cup of cacao together. But it's like the ritual in that sense is really just a way to bring people together, but also bring them closer to their environment and closer to the present moment. And just like it's like an invitation to people to live from a place of gratitude from this ceremony that's being carried out with the with the plant. And so I just think that's so beautiful. And like, that's a, that's a perfect example of a, of a life giving ritual that, um, that Jesse has really taken seriously. And like, I mean, it's, it's made a huge impact on her life, but it makes a, a ginormous impact on the people that she shares that with, including us. Like that was a really cool experience for us. Um, and yeah, so shout out to Jesse. We miss you. <laughs> Heck yeah. That was- Super fun to meet her, and although I did not make it to the cacao ceremony, I will seek that out. In the There'll be one in the because, future. Uh, we'll do one. Heck yeah! Um, well, we're wrapped up. We're uh, finished the Kickstarter. We uh, we did we made it to the thirty k um, goal. So give us an update on that. Maybe last week we'd already made it, but. Um, Give us an update on shreddable shroomy stuff and what you're working on outside of Symphony. Yeah, so we're very excited that we hit this goal. Uh, We formed a holdings company to be the parent company for our three products, Shreddables, Shroomy, and Root Strength. Shreddables is the protein bar, uh, plant-based, super bomb. Shroomy is the mushroom extract gummy, lion's mane, cordyceps, reishi, 300 milligrams in each gummy. And then Root Strength is a pre-workout and coffee replacement that's made from mushroom extracts and uh, BCAAs and rhodiola root extracts. So a bunch of adaptogens and good stuff in there for you. Oh, and it has caffeine and a little bit of beta alanine as well. So it's like a pre-workout if you take two scoops, more like a coffee replacement if you take one. Um, And so we have basically been structuring those three companies to run under one operation for the past like three years now. And it's finally all under one roof. We have everything being manufactured out of San Diego. 
uh, where we're partnered with our, our uh, manufacturer. His name's Ben. He's an awesome guy and runs a lab down there in San Diego where all the products are made. Um, and now we have the budget from the Kickstarter to really just make a name for ourselves, especially uh, in the e-commerce world. So this, all of this money that we've raised is going to go into expansion. It's going to go into marketing and retailer slotting fees and mainly just gaining awareness and getting the products out to people and kind of like launching this thing the way that we've wanted to for the past three years. So we're super grateful to the community that helped us get to this point. I mean, we honestly, like we, we reached the goal in like three quarters of the time and it just, it really moved me to like feel that support from people in our network and just people who believe in us and, and want, you know, they want their discounts on the products, but ultimately they just, they see what we're doing and they want us to keep going and are kind of giving us the ability to do that. So we owe it all to uh, our network and the people that have supported us. So I cannot thank everyone enough. I hope they're all listening, um, but I will also thank them individually. <laughs> but yeah, so that's huge, exciting news and be on the lookout for all of our products hitting the market here uh, end of August, early September. Love it, man. Echo your words of appreciation for everyone who uh, chipped in because, you know, it's like, you know, you, you, you do all this work on your own with a, with a small team with no idea how it's going to like be received in the world. And so to have people kind of rally around this thing, especially after uh, Mr. First Time Editor, Mr. Health, Mr. First Time Editor here made an awesome video. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think that contributed hugely to it. So I hope so. I spent a long time on that thing. <laughs> Well, I got one little public services service announcement, little PSA I have in my notes uh, because I think it's pretty critical. A lot of people take melatonin at night and because we're talking about rituals, um, end of night, end of day rituals, uh, we didn't touch on it yet really, I guess we could, but um, a lot of people take melatonin or other types of like sleeping aids. And I was listening to Andrew Huberman on Joe Rogan's recent podcast, um, talk about why melatonin is like extremely unhealthy, not extremely unhealthy, but why it's bad for you essentially. And, um, there's a lot of reasons, but essentially like the pineal gland in the, in the brain creates melatonin and, uh, a very, very small amount of it. The melatonin industry is like super unregulated. And so like, it might say three milligrams on a tablet, but it could be like one or four or like, no one really knows how much, like what's in it. Um, decreases testosterone, uh, has had negative impacts on like rat studies and stuff like that with uh, hormones and things. So instead of melatonin, what Huberman suggests is a combination, a cocktail, and I'm going to pull it up, of three different, uh, three different things that apparently scientifically have been researched much more and much more eff uh, efficacious, have much more efficacy. Um, <laughs> which are, and uh, I'm going to put these in the description as well as the other episodes we mentioned, but I just think this is like information that like everybody needs. Like we all totally. have, not everybody has challenged sleeping, but sleep is a really important thing. So here it is. Threonate, T-H-R-E-O-N-A-T-E, apigenin, A-P-I-G-E-N-I-N. And then the third one is theonine, T-H-E-O-N-I-N-E. And so you can buy like packages of these on Amazon or whatever. And uh, apparently the combination of those three things like takes away your logic side of your brain. That's like super conscious and actively thinking. So you can kind of like drift off into sleep without having all those, you know, end of night, what I mentioned earlier, existential questions about your life. 
And then he also just mentioned uh, magnesium. Most people are oh, deficient yeah. in magnesium. So supplementing magnesium can have health benefits if you're dealing with any type of uh, lack of energy or just any type of issue. Magnesium. Wow. Also, just because so, you covered the nighttime ritual, Andrew Huberman also talks about the morning time. If you're going to drink caffeine in the morning, if you can, uh, give yourself like an hour to an hour and a half. And if you really can, two hours before you drink caffeine because it gives your body the ability to like wake itself up and then the caffeine acts as a booster rather than your body relying on the caffeine to get yourself out of this drowsy state. Um, so then it actually, you don't really experience a crash and it just acts as like, it gives you more sustainable energy throughout the day. If you just hold off a little bit in the morning, uh, before you have your first cup of coffee. I did it today, man. I rode my bike to the office and then I made a cup of coffee here. And look at you, you're glowing. <laughs> 3.30, 3.40 p.m. I've had focus and energy all day, only three cups of coffee. So yeah, we're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Andrew Huberman. <laughs> uh, anyways, Matthew, thanks for uh, sharing today. Fantastic to connect with you. And until uh, next time, we're out of here. Check us out at The Symphony Co. on Instagram. Uh, is the best place to reach us. Um, and as always, like we love to hear feedback, questions, ideas for other shows. We've got some guests coming, um, and overall just excited about what the momentum that we've built is doing and largely because of the community involvement. So just know that if you're out there and you're like, man, maybe I should reach out to those guys and ask if I can come on the podcast, or maybe they can do a podcast on a different topic that you're passionate about, uh, throw us a DM, symphonyco.com, knock.com on Instagram. All right, we're out of here. Thank you.